if someone uh if like the FBI raids like our house and they stumble upon my computer, they will put me on a like whatever you're already government. on a list. I'm probably already on a list. Yeah, you're already on a list. This podcast gonna, put us on a list. But like, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. They're gonna find all the files that's that, a list. that it's like Moon Landing, Mothman, like uh, Amelia Earhart, and they're gonna be like. All right, this kid obviously has a manifesto. Manifesto. We just got to find it. He knows too much. Well, that's that's definitely. Um, those aren't even the craziest things that they're gonna find. Those are just like, oh, good. He's taking the bait on the fake conspiracy theories. He's missing the whole thing about like the underground sex ring. Like, oh yeah. He's, they're all like, Pizzagate was real. Thank God he, we haven't done an episode on that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Might expose us all. Man, this small podcast really could have hurt us. Yeah, I doubt it. I you know when you have like. Parcast, literally, like they just have a show called Conspiracy Theories. You know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> everybody, like everybody touches on it. Oh yeah. So this is a very wide list, and we're at, definitely at the bottom of it. And I was we gonna can't, say we can't be number one. No, no. And Netflix, like that shitty show that we were watching, yeah. Tim. Like, man, I'm telling you, those those History Channel type fucking people that they get on there that you they're just what? like everything isn't real. We're tracking the wrong stat. I think that we've been, you know, we look at our analytics for, for you know, Anchor and stuff. But I think what we really need to be looking at is find the data that shows how far on the NSA and all the government organization. What's their visibility list? How much are they looking at us? I think we need to get to the top. That, is a, that is a true gauge of our, uh, you know, a true litmus test for our, our influence. Um, our influence. No, this yeah. is how we find out. It's just, you know, NSA, if you're listening to this episode right now, just know that we're on to you about the moon landing. You probably got an analyst named Dan. Hi, Dan. How are you? Yo, um, what up? Yo, big shout out to my FBI guy who watches me through my cell phone. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry for all the porn you see, guy. Also, uh, what's up to Quip? You guys are always listening to me and giving me stupid ads for your rubber toothbrush. Oh, yeah. That just sticks to yeah. mirrors. That's the only cool thing it does. How does your computer know you have bad breath? That's weird. I, I don't... I mean, like... Because the mic, the mic picks it up. No, because yeah. the FBI... Oh, is that technology actually real? Dude, I, I guarantee you the FBI, the NSA, can... They got, like, a little... S- smell-o-vision. They got, like, a little box on their uh, on their desk they just stick their nose into. <laughs> They're like, whoa, Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> shit! Tim just had halal today. Shit! <laughs> that was a lot of garlic. How, okay, hold on. This guy's breath smells. Can you try, can you go into his credit card? See how many dirty water dogs he bought today. He <laughs> went to Walters. Don't 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 listen to oh, him today. Well, that's Whoa. you know that that should be. I should be. Um, you should be quarantined. I'm a better citizen Walters. for that. Walters is a uh, Westchester treasure it's, it's treasure an institution. Yeah, it is amazing. All right, welcome to this episode of the Rabbit Hole, everybody. My name is Tim, joined as always by John, Yo Yo, and Matt. What up? And today we're going to be talking about one of the most important inv- uh, uh, events in American history, as well as some of the conspiracies it caused. Today we're going to be looking at the Apollo 11 moon landing. I want to believe. <laughs> the only thing uh, the only thing that I really believe it's about the moon is that it's made of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only convenient conspiracy theory for me. Hey, doctor, what if the moon was made of spare ribs? <laughs> Would you eat it? <laughs> I know. I Give me a cool Budweiser, and I'd eat it, but... Um, today we're joined in studio by Harry Carey. Yeah, the, the ghost of Harry Carey. What what kind of cheese would you guys want the moon to be made out Definitely of? Definitely mozzarella. Ooh, oh, I think Absolutely it's mozzarella. It's the mozzarella, best cheese. I, no, I don't know. I think mozzarella is kind of like bland by itself. Unless it's you, bland, but think of how 
big that moon is, guys. It's got holes like Swiss. So I'm I just, go Swiss. I want a giant thing of goat cheese. That's disgusting. What are you talking about? Goat cheese is the best. It goes out Mozzarella is the most versatile. It's, you would just step right on the surface and sink right in because it's how soft it is. Okay. Yeah, it would oh be. Oh, my a, God. The surface okay, has honey around it. No, goodness. okay. So, to the NSA and FBI people, this is a great, you know, secret weapon. Just, you know, somehow uh, think make Russia think that they're better at you know, space stuff, and then they can land on the moon, and you can, yeah, you know, I don't know, it's it's a weapon, you know, they'll, they'll sink right into the goat cheese, it's like quicksand. So you're saying to make a fake moon out of goat cheese. Okay, yeah, I mean, that, that out of things that we've probably done, making a moon Because the of moon is cheese. definitely not made out of goat cheese, so you're not going to send Russia on that rabbit hole of, hey, of, a, of, fig- <laughs> of yeah, figuring actually, out. Yeah, for, for a second, I did kind of believe my own my own thing. That's yeah, like, it's no, not- we actually have no idea what the moon is made out of. <laughs> you can't say for sure it's not made okay, out of so cheese. It's, so it's, okay, so it's like, it's, Schrodinger, it's Schrodinger's moon. <laughs> it's definitely not. We know what's in the box. Test it, then. We, no, we know what's in the box. <laughs> All right, you killed the cat, you asshole. <laughs> well, before we get into the theories, let's take a look at what was happening in the country at the time that prompted an effort to land a man on the moon. During the Cold War, which for those of you who don't know, was the period of high tensions between the Soviets and the United States, and the reason it's called the Cold War is because there was no actual large-scale fights between the two countries. Do you think climate change people were really pissed when they were trying to come up? They're like, damn, what's our war on this uh, this, <laughs> I, this impending ice age that's coming? They're like, fuck, man. I can't believe they took Cold War for nuclear goddamn holocaust. This shit's so fucking cool. God, <laughs> God damn you, John F. Kennedy. <laughs> Now, one of the competitions between the U.S. and the Soviets was the fight to become the most dominant force outside of Earth's atmosphere, dubbed the Space Race. The Space Race started in 1957 when the Soviets launched the Sputnik satellite into orbit, making them the first global superpower to put a man-made object into space. This this race was so fever like so feverish that they sent a f- dog up into space just to like get like just, just to, to gain some just ground. to move yeah to get there quickly. There's reason to believe they sent people into space and like like we're like oh no you're going but not coming back. You're dog now. You you, <laughs> you have dog dogs. now. Congratulations, you find Leica now. <laughs> what kind of monsters do you think we are? Here is dog food. Feed him. I'm sure he's hungry. It's been a couple of years. <laughs> it's very cold up there. Now, give, give him jacket. So the, in my opinion, I think the real like paranoia of the space race was is because people weren't entirely sure if Russia had the ability to maybe develop the ability to rain nuclear bombs. That's down what from I was just heaven. gonna say. Yeah, I mean, Be- out of all things that you would have figured in like a war where everyone's trying to obtain the most weapons, okay, well, you know, like what's but, the one area you can see a weapon coming from? I, exactly. Space? I was gonna say, and if there's one thing that you can say the United States will always be paranoid about, it's what they don't know because they want to know. They need to know everything because they're just so paranoid. So they're like, I'm, I can't see the sky. I passed that. I have no fucking clue. It yeah. could be anything. Why yeah, do, what why the do fuck th- happens at night, guy? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you? Th- why do you think they wanted to find out what the moon was made of so quickly? I mean, just to see if it's not cheese. Exactly. That's yep. what I'm saying. Government they, cheese. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is our cheese. <laughs> now, this prompted the U.S. to put its own satellite into space, called the Explorer One, in 1958. The same year, President Dwight D. Eisenhower created the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, or NASA. Mm. I gotta hey. say, that's the one thing that um I agree with Trump on. Fucking space force. Love it. <laughs> it's just NASA with guns. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's awesome. It's uh, it's like Halo coming true. I mean, I don't Ooh. Know. 
Combat evolved. I, I'm just. I'm, I'm truly I'm, I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting for the religiously uh, zealot uh, alien race to come in. I really you think know, that'd just, be punk rock. I really. I think Space Force was Trump. He had a knee jerk reaction to finding out that there's actually aliens, and he was just like, "We we need to kill them immediately." And people are like, "No, no, no, no." He's like, "No, no, I'm announcing Space Force," and they're like, "No, no, no." He, he does it anyways, and they're just like, "You really, you can't tell people about aliens, or else there will be absolute chaos." And he's just like, "You, you got to double down and just be like, it just sounded cool." Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, what's what's not better than the International Space Station with guns? Well, he, his argument was, you know, I mean, the Navy all has to worry about space because I think NASA falls within like the Navy's purview or something. Uh, like Air that. Force. Oh, Air Force. You're right. Duh. Yeah. Um, they just get help from the Navy because <laughs> that's right. the The ocean is the space <laughs> of Earth. <laughs> I I just thought because the when everything crash lands, it's usually in an ocean. Uh, you're, uh, you're not wrong. There you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, fair point. But, Fair point, but I will counter you with facts and logic. No, you're right. It is well, Air you, Force. Do you but want way, it to land in the ocean as opposed to the ground? Because yes, it, no, no, Well, yeah, it would yeah. fucking explode. But because it's a softer landing, if you can. It, kind but of, isn't it like if you hit if you hit the uh, ocean at like a certain speed, like it's practically like hitting cement? No, you still have like a parachute, yeah, but it's still a softer. It's still a softer landing, and it does. And the thing is, is you want to try and you can make the equipment to be waterproof so that you can get to it quickly enough and pluck it out so nothing gets damaged. Yeah. But yeah. if it's just you risk so much more when it's hurtling to earth even with a parachute but um that's why like the government has more or less contracted Elon Musk to fi- like to really get the like relanding like rocket down so that we can reuse ships because that's the thing there's just so much some people are like oh there's so much space garbage that we've put out there with this, this these landers and stuff so yeah we need to i think it'd be cool to like uh like the episode in love death robots the one where you have like the the um the, the, the fighter ship that oh, yeah. like had like it took on like a character of its own. We need really cool named like NASA rockets that become like historic. Like that would be yeah. sick for NASA. Here's the memorial. That, I just gave them a great marketing like idea. So Here, here's NASA, the memorial. if you're listening to this, please. Uh, in in the year 2031, uh, NASA will create the memorial for uh, its ninth uh, exploration into the outer rim of space. Um, in memorial of those brave souls lost on the piss pantser. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Here to the left, you can see the monument. Well, the thing is, you can't let the the public decide it because we mm-hmm. we, we realize that the Spacey public can't McSpace have that face. power. Exactly after Bodie McBoatface. Yeah. <laughs> you ever hear about that? I, yeah. Uh, Bodie the, McBoatface. The, the UK let us. There was like a new boat or something, and they like were like, oh, oh, they, we'll, oh they named yeah. it right. Yeah, yeah. and they're yeah. like, all right, we'll have a poll. Like, and I think yeah. people submitted names, and then the winner was Bodie the McBoatface. Winner was Bodie McBoatface. And then uh, the Los it. the Los Angeles uh, MLS team, they were like. Hey, why don't you guys like help us choose a name? And then people were like, uh, "Footy McFootfoot." Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I mean, it's or, the same. It's the same way too that the internet, uh, you know, they hijack t- everything. T- yeah, Taylor Swift wanted to. Uh, she was like, "Oh, like tell me where I'm gonna perform next." And the internet voted in a school for the deaf. <laughs> <laughs> like a so absolute troll up, move. Yeah, that was probably 4chan too, if we yeah. think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the efforts to put a man on the moon started when President John Fitzgerald Kennedy made an appeal to a special joint session of Congress asking for the resources to put men on the moon by the end of the 60s. 
The reason for this request was because in 1961, the United States was falling far behind the Soviets when it came to developments in space exploration and travel, especially because the Soviets had successfully launched the Luna 2, an unmanned spacecraft uh, sent to the moon in 1959. Five years after Kennedy's request was granted, the U.S. conducted their first unmanned mission to the moon, the purpose of which was to test the structural integrity of the proposed launch vehicle and spacecraft combo. And to see if it was made of cheese. <laughs> Just keep I, going for that. You're, I mean, <laughs> you can't say that that wasn't. I mean, they definitely looked at it, and out of the, all the things that it wasn't, they they had to go. Okay, it's not cheese. <laughs> yeah, they just started recording right after uh, Neil Armstrong went on the ground and went. Not cheese. Not <laughs> <laughs> all the people in Mission Control. Fuck! You owe me. Give me the hundred now. I told you it's not fucking cheese. You idiot. <laughs> yeah, all the better sitting there. They're like, like, there were great odds on it being cheese. I would have made a killing if it actually was a little soft. <laughs> now, it was in 1967 that NASA would run a manned launch pad test of the Apollo spacecraft and Saturn rocket. The Apollo 1 consisted of Gus Grissom, Ed White, and Roger Chafee, who, prior to the accident that would cause their deaths, expressed concern that the mission was being rushed and that the safety uh, and that important safety concerns were being glossed over, primarily the use of flammable material in the cabin, including Velcro and nylon. The manager of the project, Joseph Shea, ordered the materials removed, but did not supervise the removal personally. There's a conspiracy theory involved with this disaster, though. A couple of days before the planned test, Grissom gave a non-scheduled pe- press conference where he talked about how NASA was rushing the program and that the result could be dangerous. In an attempt to signal how bad he thought the Apollo 1 spacecraft was, he put a lemon on, cl- on a clothes hanger and hung it on the exter- exterior of the Apollo. Theorists claim that in an attempt to silence Grissom... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they sabotaged the ship and caused the fires, taking the lives of uh, two other astronauts um, to make it look like more of an accident. Wait, so what did the lemon on the clothes hanger have? Well, to it's do? like a common cl- uh, colloquialism yeah, that like a lemon is like a bad or defective. You've uh, never heard of like a car referred to as a lemon when just like a lot goes wrong with it? Never. Oh, oh, uh, wait, kind. Okay, no. When yeah. you said when a lot goes wrong with it, yeah, it's just yeah, like you know, you know, uh, sometimes. A, a Volkswagen, like the old car I had, like everything, a lot went wrong with it. You could have considered it a lemon. Um, that's what it is. So the thing was, is that was a attempt at uh, some people say maybe a joke or his way of like kind of trying to uh, signal how bad they <laughs> yeah, thought it was. Put the message out there in case something did in fact happen to him. That and it was subtle enough where it's like you could sneak in a lemon in a clothes hanger. And, and, you know, take a picture and people might be like, what a weirdo. It's very fitting. I mean, everybody hates lemons until you put them in other things. So yeah. it's like, oh, if your car is a lemon, it's getting scrapped and then going to be somewhere, like, go somewhere else. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, okay. Lemon makes sense. But, yeah. So um, I think uh, it was kind of I it, what a lot of conspiracy theorists try and pull out of this is that there was a, a lot of lack of demonstrated ability on NASA's part to actually achieve any sort of successful space flight or even get rockets off the ground. And you can see a lot of videos of like mm-hmm. unmanned rockets just going <laughs> crashing. You know what I mean? Like they Better were luck next time. It was really like they were really bad at it. And then all of a sudden, boom, incredible. They were really good at it. Man on the moon, successful yeah. back in there and done. And it is possible. I mean, a lot of people put work into it and I, Tim may or may not get into this. Depending. Oh, we'll get into it a little bit. Cause like when, when, uh, uh, the scientists and very similar to Hadron Collider, the scientists again here, man, they get very defensive. And um, as I was like looking through this, no matter every conspiracy theory I've been looking up, 
the this wiki for you know hoaxes and conspiracies related to the moon landing longest and most in-depth i've ever seen Mm -hmm. and most of it is actually compiled of like well here is everything scientists whether it's astrophysicists engineers people who worked on it people who like everybody compiling on it giving every reason as to why we did do what we said we did but it people get very defensive over i was gonna say until nasa does something like the LHC scientists where they were like, mm, what we tell people we study and then what we actually do is different. Like, until they do that, I think NASA's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, at, they're, uh, they're at just being like, y'all are fucking stupid. Not being nefarious. Yeah. Yeah. On January 27th, 1967, the crew boarded the Apollo 1 for a test of the launch pad. It was during this test that a small fire ignited in the cockpit, which they could have been able to fight except that the cockpit was filled with pure oxygen, which fed the fire even more, leading to the deaths of the three astronauts on board Apollo 1. There's a good chance that there wasn't a fire extinguisher handy because it was only a test. They were just going through, like, a regular run-through, and then, yeah, they yeah. all they well, all died. But if there's, like, a if there's like a pure oxygen environment oh, or, yeah. like, an oxygen-rich environment, it's You're fucked. super it, flammable. It might, I would say it might as well be gasoline in the air. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it you yeah. you, you have like a very um, you have a very thin uh margin, like a, a very thin operating area that is like a good oxygen environment. Mm-hmm. If you have too little, obviously you're gonna suffocate, and you know too, too much, much. you're it starts to become flammable. So yeah. it's yeah. it's actually there's a very fine line. Mm-hmm. In October of 1968, NASA launched their first successful manned spacecraft into space, where it orbited Earth and returned safely, successfully testing the systems that would be needed for a journey to the moon. That brings us to the supposedly true story of the Apollo moon landing. (laughs) The one that the government wants us to believe. At 9.32 a.m., Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins left Earth in the Apollo 11 spacecraft and started their journey to the moon. 76 hours later, Apollo 11 entered the lunar orbit. The next day, Aldrin and Armstrong separated from the command module inside their lunar module, called the Eagle. At 14... at 4.17 p.m., the lunar module touched down on the uh, moon's surface, and Armstrong radioed mission control and said, The Eagle has landed. Dude, that shit's got to be crazy. I mean, you're thinking about it. like If they did the it. Techno- yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. <laughs> but Operating under the premise that they did it, the technology is, like, super limited at that time, and these guys are just walking about in space. And yeah. they don't even realize the kind of early quasi-meme culture that they created out of... uh, Like, these were really, like, the phrases that people would go on to say up until we were all born and still to this day, one small step for man. People will do that when they're, like, drunk If he came, if he created that off the dome, (laughs) if he came, uh, who knows? Hey, dude, I fucking Um, came. But if if he created that... zero gravity. (laughs) If he he just rattled that off off the dome, top of the dome, that man is... A legendary yeah. uh, quote creator. Space really pulls the uh, quips out of people. It, it was does. like it was Kennedy who he said he's like we do not do things because they are easy. We do them because they are hard. And it was like about like going to space, but it was all just a political ploy for him. Ironically enough, that's the first th- first thing he said to Marilyn Monroe. Guy. Yeah, I was gonna say he was really just <laughs> talking about his his Kennedy clong. Gets <laughs> clong. Well, where my head went to when I. Uh, uh, read the eagle has landed. It's wh- why did he say? Th- why is it named the eagle? You know, it's a primary. It, it's a bird of it's America. It's the bird. It's the bird of America. Yeah. Imagine if Franklin has had gotten his wish, and the first thing when he touched down on Earth, or uh, when he touched down on the moon, imagine if Armstrong had said, 
the turkey had landed. Oh, shit. (laughs) Gobble, gobble, the the turkey has landed. This turkey is on the moon. (laughs) Thanksgiving dinner is served. (laughs) One small step for turkey. Turkey is in the oven. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, yeah. Wow. Who was that? You said that was uh, uh, Franklin? Franklin wanted it to be the turkey. He would have really fucked us all. He would have made us look like major wussies. Well, partly the reason he wanted it to be the turkey instead of the eagle was because eagles are like scavengers. They get the scraps. Yeah, they're vultures. Yeah, they're vultures. Meanwhile, the turkey is resourceful. At yeah, I mean they. Uh, they. I mean, it would be. It would, it would be a little ironic, though, right? Like later, um, so that, we're the eating thing, our yeah. national bird. <laughs> Very correct. It's a little weird. <laughs> so, so Thanksgiving was saved. <laughs> Somebody get the eagle. We got to stuff the eagle. <laughs> yeah. At ten fifty six, Armstrong stepped off the ladder of the eagle and allegedly became the first human to step foot on the moon. It was at this moment Armstrong uttered his famous phrase, his uh, the first words uttered by a human on the moon. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Nineteen minutes later, Aldrin joined him on the surface of the moon, where they took uh, photos of the terrain, ran some tests, and spoke with President Nixon over the phone in a call that Nixon would describe as, quote, the most historic phone call ever made. Yeah, I mean, people were jived up on getting there, and I don't blame them. I mean, it, it it's an impressive thing, and even... For me to this day, I think going to space is pretty fucking rad. You it's know what I mean? Sick. Dude. I think like uh, for me, if I were ever given the opportunity to be able to go to space, and it, you know, in in a reality where I'm like, oh, I think I'd be able, like, there's not a lot that could potentially kill me. Like if 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 <laughs> if, if, if if I could come if back, if a lot of the risk was removed out of well, it. Well, so like, but like Richard Branson just wants he wants like he pretty much has his own spaceship, and he can and he wants to do like just like either space tours or something like that. I would. I, it, I would do that. I would do that, but I mean, okay, it's gonna be guap money, so I gotta wait. I gotta wait for <laughs> it to be. A, I'm gonna do the Spirit Airlines of this because I'm trying to cut costs. So <laughs> if they, if we, in my lifetime, if they never get like not mass transit, but if they get like tourism, you know, to, space. tourism to space, I'm completely okay with settling for the zero G flights. Yeah, that you can simulate the. I would like the, to try that. At least that once, I mean, yeah. that, that, I mean, that's probably the closest I'd ever get. So, because dude, you look up like. The astronauts who go into space, dude, these people are, like, fucking, they're geniuses, like, some of these people. Like, mm-hmm. I think, like, the... They're big the nerds, first, but, yeah. Yeah, the first, um, or the new, I guess, astronauts, he's, like, the first Asian-American astronaut, or something uh-huh. like that, but, dude, he was, like, a doctor, like, all this other stuff, and it's like, okay, like, you're like you're good, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you'll, yeah. you'll be fine. So, I'm putting it out here, when tourism finally gets to space, and we start, like, settling Mars and all the other, uh, you know, habitable planets... The um, reality TV version of like Big Brother uh, in these space stations is going to be an absolute hit. Oh yeah, I, I can't wait to see live PD in outer space where it's just like, ma'am, you need to pull over. It's like, well, I'm just getting out of the car, ma'am. I swear to God, if you step out of the spaceship, you will turn into an icy crisp. Have you seen Gravity? Do you want to be George Clooney? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I think yeah, we need to do like I think we should revive Band in a Bubble and just put Cartel in space. <laughs> See how much they break down this time too. I'm sure Cartel would do it. You'll <laughs> <laughs> give us how much money? On July 21st, Aldrin and Armstrong boarded the lunar module and returned back to the command module and began their journey back to Earth. With the three astronauts safely landing in the Pacific Ocean on July 24th. Now that's the story the government wants you to believe. Yeah. Now let's talk about the reasons that people believe that the moon landing and the moon landings after are fake. The real, the real birth of moon landing hoaxism can be traced to one man, Bill Casing, 
who was the first person to claim that the United States never put a man on the moon and did so in his self-published book, We Never Went to the Moon, America's $30 billion swindle. This That's guy, the thing I love most about conspiracy theories, that they are incredibly blunt and to the point. Yeah. Well, he, he particularly, though, I mean, he was... As a freelance writer, that's pretty much like his technical term. But what he's really known for is writing books with outrageously long names. So the guy does not have the gift of being concise. <laughs> he's very long-winded. Mm-hmm. So publishers must uh-huh. publicists must love him. Oh, yeah, I would yeah. hate to be the editor. And on I his don't know. Books. If, I don't know if you saw this about Bill. And I think a little bit of why he all of a sudden made a either thought this would be a good thing for him to talk about or the reason why he probably got really jealous and felt like he needed to talk about it is because his brother, older brother, was a um a, a space engineer, aeronautical yeah. engineer. So um and this guy was not nearly as successful as that. Like he had a not to knock our other BA in English uh uh people who listen to the podcast um but uh you does not qualify you to talk about um uh, uh, space and all that other bullshit. Well, he now had an inside source, so I feel like he uh, felt like he was personally attached to it and felt well, like he could have a, some sort of credibility. I don't think he had any relationship well, with his brother. The guy, This guy was <laughs> a weirdo. Not Well, we'll get into the the reason why uh, Casing says he has some credibility, but first let's talk about what was going on in the country when he wrote the book. The United States was at a point in its history where the distrust in the government was not completely unreasonable. The Vietnam War was in full swing, and the Watergate scandal made the president and the government look like an absolute joke. So finding people who were willing to believe that the government would stage the moon landing was not hard to come by. In 1970, the Knight newspaper company ran a poll that found that about 30% of the American population believed that the moon landing had been faked. And in 1976, a Gallup poll was conducted that found 28% of the population thought the moon landing had been faked. Yeah, I mean... That's a, that's a hefty <laughs> amount of the pop. It was really funny. I saw one article that was like saying it was like, uh, you know, between thirty to fifty percent of the American population had some degree of skepticism, and then it was just like twenty five percent of Chinese didn't believe it, forty five percent of Russians didn't believe it. It's like, oh, we have exact numbers out of those areas, but we can just get a guesstimation on the United <laughs> States. But then I was the thought about it, and I was like, oh no. Russia would only be like, hey, yeah, we have forty five percent believe it not real. United United States <laughs> a bunch of fucking liars, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, a bunch of phony balonies. Uh, yeah, they they no go to the moon. The <laughs> moon is made of cheese. They say different. Where's Laika? Liar, liar! Your pants are on fire caused <laughs> by the Apollo one. <laughs> you kid. kick my dog into outer space. <laughs> Casing wrote about several reasons that the moon landing was uh, faked, uh, and. One of the primary reasons was that the technology simply wasn't there. And he cited his experience as a technical writer for the company Rocketdyne as a reason for people to believe his theory. In his book, he writes, quote, As a witness to many rocket engine tests at the Santa Susana lab, I saw many failures, blow-ups, and premature engine cutoffs due to incipient disaster. Even after the relatively modest Atlas engine cluster was accepted by the Air Force for using the Atlas ICBM, failures occurred with repeated regularity that guy just saying a bunch of like model names and sounding smart I, uh, yeah i don't know if you're the about to ICTBM say this tbm with the model blah, 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 blah. well and i don't want and i don't want to jargon i don't want to steal your thunder here tim but he quit this place are you gonna are you gonna say what nope he quit this you. place in 1973 yeah or 1963 sorry before before so any successful apollo test. 11 was 1969 nice Ni- <laughs> 60, nice dude. 69 is a great number um, JFK planned that one out. Yeah, from the grave. Um, Wait, so who was the president? I just this, this Nixon. Is, okay. Nixon. I was it, w- say. it went. Um, 
Kennedy and then Kennedy to, was, uh, Lin, uh, to Lyndon B. Johnson mm-hmm. and then to Nixon. Yeah, Kennedy was assassinated in like 63, I think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, they were really riding a wave here of being like, God, I really hope we figure it out. But, um, like I said, I don't want to steal any of Tim's thunder. Um, and we might cut this out if, if I am, but, um, there was a lot of work put into it there towards the tail end. And I think, uh, probably in the last three years of these Apollo projects, they were in a bit of a desperation mode because they were about to lose their funding because, yeah they could only keep the charade going. And to to a lot of conspiracy theorists' points, it would make sense that they would try and, yep. you know, fake it because they're ex- because maybe they were just a couple more years away, but, like, the success of it would m- allow them to put a lot more fucking money into it where they'd actually be able to do it for real. And a lot of theorists out there don't say, don't, like, say that we've never been ever, ever, ever. They just say this span of 10 years, any time, the, the 12, the first 12 people that we said walked on the moon didn't. Didn't. Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, oh, like, we have to produce, r- like, results, and we have to produce them now, so do whatever you can to do to, the, to make this happen. That's why my most favorite part in Interstellar was right there in the beginning, when um, McConaughey's daughter gets in trouble for bringing an old history book, and the, the principal or whatever, just, like, so nonchalantly, is just like... She's she's reading about the moon landing. We all know that we faked that to bankrupt the commies. And, <laughs> and and they just move right on from it. I'm like, yo, that is a spicy take to put in a movie that yeah. nobody and they're not addressing and but it enrages a guy like McConaughey. But I mean, it's not so far fetched in my opinion, but I'd like to think that we did go. Mm-hmm. Another one of uh, Casing's reasons for saying the moon landing isn't real is the lack of any stars in any of the photographs <laughs> taken by Armstrong and Aldrin. <laughs> Certainly, if the two men truly were on the surface of the moon, there would be stars visible in the photos, correct? No. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think it works like that. Nope, not at all. See, the surface of the moon is hit with so much direct light that in order to capture the astronauts walking around on its surface, the aperture of the camera has to be kept very low, yeah. meaning that the amount of light uh, meaning that the amount of light given off by the stars would not be visible in the camera. In order to capture the stars, the iris of the camera would need to be opened so wide that the surface of the moon and the astronauts in uh, and the foreground would be overexposed, rendering the photo absolutely fucking terrible. Yeah. I also heard another uh, conspiracy theory, Tim. I don't know if you touch on this, but one of the reasons that the, uh, you know, one of the reasons that people exp- uh, use to explain why the moon landing was fake is that because the, uh, the lighting, the, the, the flag. The fl- yep, I, I talked fla- about that. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. I'll wait then. Yep. And as the conspiracy grew, more theorists attached different pieces of evidence to the theory that the moon landing was faked by the U.S. government. One such piece of evidence is the way the flag that was planted on the moon moves. If you take a gander at a pictures of the flag, it appears to be waving around in the wind. But, as we all know, the moon has no atmosphere. So, what could be moving the flag about? Theorists believe that the motion is caused by air conditioning units in the soundstage where the landing was filmed. <laughs> yeah, that, like, like that was just, like, yeah, that it was just, like, overlooked. That, like, if you were, like, faking it, they're like, oh, okay, it's got to move. It's a flag. You know what I mean? And, and you know, that it's a... Uh, it's what? actually a solid point. I don't know if you have a rebuttal to it. Do you oh, have I do. Oh, okay, okay. all right. I'm going to let Tim go, and if he doesn't talk... If, when you're done talking about um, the flag, mm-hmm. I have a piece to get into that will kind of, like... It, it just disproves a lot of different things. Yeah. Well, there are two main reasons as to why the flag is moving like that. Now, the, uh, the real reason, though, is because it's not a regular flag. NASA designed a flag that was made to be put on the moon's surface, and the design included a rod that comes out horizontally from the flagpole and makes the flag kind of stand up the way it does. And the ripple is caused by the rod not being fully extended from the pole, and the flag 
just kind of moving about in the vacuum of space caused by the motion of the pole being adjusted. Yeah. Oh yeah, so it's one of those things like if you make like a if you make like one motion, it's gonna like kind of like it's gonna ripple. It's, yeah, and yeah. that's the thing. So and what one um, scientist or uh, historian even that said makes a lot of sense. No, but and there's and there's no um, air, there's no atmosphere in space to stop it from moving. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's no there's no force acting on it. So it's like if you like take a a little ball and you're in space and you like flick it, it'll just it'll, it'll move. It, it won't for, stop. There's, yeah, it won't stop. There's yeah. no friction in space. Yep. Um, yeah, and you have to apply an initial force on it to, you know, set up the the uh, the flag in general. So there will be some sort of initial momentum on it that'll that'll so carry. What I want okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. I've actually never gotten the explanation for that, and I was told that in high school. And what's <laughs> long even, time coming for that? What's one. even more ridiculous is is like the the whole excuse or or postulation that it's because they got hot in a studio and needed to bring in fans. There is no fucking way. These people went to so many different extents. Like, one theory, um, and I don't think Tim's going to touch on this one because it's very subtle. There's one where they were talking back and forth to each other. and um, The delay. The delay. Yep. You do talk about that? I don't talk about okay. it, but... All right. It, it, delve it, deep, my brother. So, the whole thing is, is um, in a recorded conversation, and one of the first recorded conversations between um, the Apollo 11 and, and you know, Houston... Uh, when they're communicating to each other because of a because you know machinery wasn't that good back then but for how long it took the radio waves to travel there was about a four second delay in when they would hear what somebody on the other end was saying okay um but in one in one part of the recording there's this third voice that right before armstrong starts talking says it just goes talk, talk. and then armstrong starts like talking back and so what they think is that somebody was sitting there uh with, with a stop stopper watch. you know be like all right it's been four seconds now talk, talk. i don't really i can't uh, they didn't give any explanation as to it and i don't think they necessarily addressed it other than they also somebody, didn't cite a source for that one either as to where they got that tape from it it could just be public record in that sense because that's the best part about nasa from an american perspective where from a Russian perspective, they were able, they they hit a lot of shit. So you don't know what they did, were and weren't able to do, or what they did and did actually do because they doctored so much bullshit. But the United States trying to be as free and fair balance as possible because NASA's public. Yeah. I and like this is where I love something like The Martian, where they got a lot of things right in that movie about yep. what actually happens. Where it's like, no, if you take a picture of the moon, you got to fucking release that picture of the moon to everybody. Right. Um. So, so the super funny part, though, the part that I like about the uh, the conspiracy that the moon landing was fake is that on the flip side of it, if it was fake, I, I, I love the amount of planning that these people like they were oh, like, yeah, they were like, pr like they, they were like set. Like, they were like assistant directors and like production uh, assistants pretty much like, you know what I mean, like people like they're like, yeah. OK, we know how it should be. So like we're going to set this up like like as if you were on the moon. There was a lot of you know planning mean, like, that went into it. So that's why I think it's total bullshit that they're like, man, it's on here. Bring in the fans. Fuck it. It's blowing the fan. We, nobody's going to know. We're fine. Like, fuck it. They wouldn't cut that corner <laughs> there, especially not the government. They're like, you're sweating this shit out. We're beating the goddamn roof. So I'm going to delve into this in a couple minutes, um, but as kind of a baseline and as kind of like a like addition to what John's saying, if Stanley Kubrick is directing your moon landing, there is no <laughs> goddamn way that yeah. he would let a simple fuck, no. fuck, fuck up like that. So <laughs> the man did 147 takes of the stairs scene in The Shining, guy. Just to use the first one. Yeah, like... He's a psychopath. Oh, my God. He's a psychopath and therefore would not be like, all right, yeah, you actors, you, you, you're a little hot in those suits. It's hot in here. We've been working for a while. We'll we'll turn the AC on. Oh, Jesus, moving the, the thing around. Oh, God. Whatever. We'll, 
We'll, we'll roll with it. We'll roll with it. No, they'd be like, you're fucking getting this take. Mr. Yeah. Kubrick, our government budget's only so big. Uh, you know, it, it, we're only limited to 100 takes. We'll do as many as it takes. Motherfucker, I talk about the budget. I talk oh, about great. the there budget. You go. We get into those facts and data. Now, another reason people say the landing was faked is because of the way that the shadows are cast onto the moon's surface. Theorists claim that since objects that fall under the shadows of the astronauts or the lunar module... Um, uh, can be seen that there must be another light source. Yeah, there's there's so right? many so many of these theorists out there with no actual background in fucking photography or any sort of like photo realism. I don't even know what it's called. Just the way fucking light works. Yeah, just the way light works, or even how light works in space. Fucking in, shadows. In how do they space? work? Space. In yeah. space. <laughs> it's it's just like sp- <laughs> fucking magnets. How do they work? <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's, it's there in the air. <laughs> If the shadows are being filled in, there must be another light source. A Hollywood light source. Some guy was like, no, I know Busted. El- I know electrical Busted. light sources when I see it. <laughs> I'm an electrical Yo. light source expert. <laughs> I've been in many hospitals. <laughs> That's clearly a fluorescent bulb of uh, the, of the 6.5-inch diameter uh, powered by roughly uh, a 20 uh, 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 alternating current volt uh, power source. Yeah, the sun shines at thirty two hundred Kelvin, guy. That that that, <laughs> yeah, that fu- that fucking shadow. I would say that's a good eighteen hundred Kelvin, guy. <laughs> but scientists explain this anomaly by concluding that while the sun uh, is the only overhead light source, that the lunar surface is so reflective that it is able to reflect and slightly fill in those shadows. So, what did the government say to the other light people? Silence. <laughs> if, if I wish you could add on to that, and be like, "Silence, you dumb!" Like, I'll, I'll finesse some shit later. Yeah. Um, in future episodes, rabbit hole official rabbit hole soundboard uh, coming out uh, to a to a that's the internet o- meme page near you. That's the first official drop. Yeah. yeah. Yet another reason that the moon landing was faked is that you can't see the camera that Armstrong was holding as he took the pictures. Uh, so where's the camera? The answer is that the camera was mounted to the front of his spacesuit. Due to the cumbersome nature of the suit, he simply just couldn't hold it in his hands, and it needed to be mounted in the front. Mm-hmm. And I actually showed John uh, this before we started <laughs> filming. There's a whitest kids you know sketch, where it's uh, it's it's Timmy goes, "Who filmed the moon landing?" And it works its way up to the chain. The teacher's like, who, like, "Who filmed who? it?" Uh, it's like um, Armstrong did. Ar- no, 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 he's he was in, in it. it. <laughs> so Armstrong was the uh, the first GoPro uh, user. Yeah, yeah. And then, then no, it, he was the first selfie stick user. The, the, like, yeah, we out here. You want to see this video of me? Uh, <laughs> I wonder if people care as little about his GoPro footage as people care about other people's GoPro footage. Like, oh, dude, you want to see this downhill mountain? Uh, this downhill mountain ride that I took the other weekend. Well, some of the no, but okay. Some of the best things, and to uh, to your point, some of the best. Uh, like arguments that actual scientists and historians bring up is that like when you talk about the perfection of these photos and people being like, Oh wow. I mean, look at this photo that's professionally done. Like there's no way that wasn't perfectly manicured in a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, they're usually like, no, if you <laughs> actually go and look the million gajillion photos that actually um, were taken by the pilots, a lot of them sucked. You're just seeing yeah, the, the good f- ones. The few, the few good ones. And I, I a f- a fucking years ago, I saw a documentary about the moon landing, and uh, they were bringing up the the fact that like there were noticeable like markings on some of the rocks, and one of them is like this this famous uh, sea rock they mm-hmm. called it. 
Um, like the and, rock and parasite. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> landscape. Um, no, no, it's um uh, the third uh the rock sibling, Sea Rock. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll be here all goddamn week. Um, the rock no, is actually a uh, he's a he's a uh, an organism brought back from space. <laughs> Another conspiracy. Morty, theory. I have cared now. Um, <laughs> no, but um, the 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 theory is that there's a rock in one of the photos, and it looks like the letter C is engraved on it. And they were like, see, the prop department messed up because they forgot to turn the rock around so that the C wasn't visible because they had all these things marked and cataloged because it's the government. That's got to go to costume. So the, so C rock, there's got to be an A, B, C, and D rock. They forgot to turn the rock around so that the C wasn't visible. And then it literally just cut to a uh, an expert. He goes, no, that's just, a, that's just a hair that probably fell in between the negative or fell on the negative when it was being developed. That's not a C. <laughs> that would make sense though if everything was cataloged. Like the government, like so, like they audit everything. So it's like, how do we know? Like we need to know which rock the taxpayers are paying for. Okay, A rock, B rock, C rock, D rock. <laughs> Yo, at midnight we uh, raided the Warner Brothers uh, uh, fucking studio lot. studio lot, and we're trying to find that goddamn C rock, boys. Now, we reached my favorite part of the theory, and we kind of touched on it earlier, and. Uh, wouldn't you believe it that there are people who think that the moon landing was not only faked and produced on a Hollywood soundstage, but that the very footage we see was directed by famator and master of cinema, Stanley Kubrick. The, uh, the main reason for this theory is that as NASA was allegedly preparing to send men into space, Stanley Kubrick was making his fictional masterpiece, his science fiction masterpiece, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Casing said, uh, Casing said this of Kubrick's involvement in his book. While 2001 was being filmed, Kubrick and his crew consulted with nearly 70 industrial and aerospace corporations, universities, and observatories, weather bureaus, laboratories, and other institutions to ensure that the film would be technically accurate. Had this been done for ASP without the cover of 2001, much suspicion would be would have been directed towards those making these inquiries. Uh... ASP stands for, uh, um, oh shit, what is it exactly? Well, so I think the cool thing, and I'm pretty sure this quote's correct, but so uh, 2001 came out in 68, right? Uh, I think it was 69? Uh, I'll, no, I'll, it came out a year before. Oh, I think it, it was 68, It came out a year yeah. before the moon landing. And if I remember correctly, this is, this is true, that when they asked people, like when they asked like Armstrong and Aldrin and all them, like, what did the moon look like? Like, what was, you know, like, what was it like when you were up there? And they were like, like 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. Which, they, they which got a lot I, of things To me, right. out of all 68, of this. 68, yeah. Okay. Yeah, to me, out of all of this, that's like, honestly, the most credible part of the conspiracy theory because somebody was like, no, like, Kubrick, without ever going there, pretty much got it down pat. Like, the way they move, the way the landscape works, like, he also, how it all looks. He also perfected this trick of being able to, um, when filming and then like green screening um like deep space there, there well there was no green screen at the time so um in 68 there was even no such thing mm. as visual effects that's true yeah you're right it was um special effects so all the things you see um all the things you see on uh, uh in 2001 a space odyssey it's all miniatures and and yeah. uh, black screens and and things it, it's all practical but he found a way of being able to blend the set with that background yeah. to make it look like it, it wasn't like a set with something correct immediately yeah. behind part it. of it though so the other like so whereas 
they're describing that it looks like 2001, and I think that's a cool entryway into you know, or or, or a really, it's like a, it's like a definitely like a, a shred of um, not evidence, but but really thought that kind of lends the uh, moon landing to to being faked by Kubrick. On the other hand, I don't see Kubrick working for like an organization like NASA just because like. I feel like there was a lot of things that he had strong opinions on, like how was representative of IBM. He didn't if because how was each letter and yeah yeah is like one letter away from IBM. So it's just there's like I don't know like I, I don't imagine him working for NASA. Plus he wouldn't been able to have creative control, guy. The co- the government would have totally been like the big Hollywood bigwigs and been like, oh, you need to change this. No, yeah, and there's like a bid contract for everything in the government, so there would have to be like, I mean, it's like putting so, out putting out a a, a bid for uh, a request for bid for moonland faking. That's where Room Two Thirty Eight almost convinced me that he might have actually done it purely because I mean, think about this: people will go to significant lengths or will do what they think they is necessary to do. And maybe from Kubrick's perspective, this probably was going to be a lot easier than filming a movie because you didn't have to have like this high quality thing. Like a lot of the footage was a little grainy. You know what I mean? Super grainy. So, yeah. Super grainy. so yep. you didn't really have to have this high quality stuff. So if anything, it might have been a lot easier. You didn't have to come up with complex dialogue and plot. You know what I mean? And technically, he didn't even write it. Uh, according to some theorists, like the guy who helped him work on 2001 A Space Odyssey was the one that like um, wrote the script uh, yeah, for... Ar- Arthur Miller? I think yeah, something was. like that. Something like that. Because um, well, all of his stuff is adapted. But so. but <laughs> 2001, they make it a lot of... Yeah, it is. No, he yeah. only goes off of pre-existing or In that documentary, uh, Room 238, they make a lot of really decent connections um, of like the Easter eggs that he left in there, and that was his sure. way of... like He he felt guilty about what he did, but you got to do what you got to do for the green. And I mean, it, it's the kind of thing, it's like that, that Kevin James response to... Not Kevin James, Kevin Smith response to his fans who hated tusk he's like he's like say what you want you just made clerks three with this money yeah. um yep, and yep. like oh all right all right you know it's the kind of thing it's like oh there you go you just got fucking all the movies that came after that yep. where it's full metal jacket uh uh um i well eyes wide show was way later on but you know uh a clockwork orange, clockwork orange uh, or, or, i don't the, know if that was before the no. shining even which the is shining, which yeah. is really his most successful so it's like his thing he's like oh, i may i gotta make this movie to talk about it well J- uh, justin long as a walrus was the necessary evil that we needed <laughs> oh yeah that is the most disturbing image yeah um well another thing that theorists seem to forget is that kubrick was an expat yeah, he moved to London pretty yeah, he earlier. London. He moved to England pretty early on in his life. Um, he had disillusionment with the United yeah. States and the way we ran things. So yeah, which is clearly evident. In, like, and, he a, shut, and he had a fear of flying. Not eyes wide shut. Doctor Strange Love. He, um, he he liked filming in England and he had a fear of flying, so yeah. he just moved there. So that's the uh, that's the real thing that pushes against that theory that because he would have had to have fly flown to the United States to do what they did in these different areas, uh, these NASA spots where they were able to film or the studios where they were able to film. Well, yeah, there's a pretty strong uh, um, belief that, like, The Shining was about the oppression of the Native of yep. Native Americans. So, yeah, he definitely... Or the, uh, or the Holocaust. There's yes, a couple different yeah. ways you can interpret it. But. Yeah. Now, one of the aspects about the production of 2001 that Casing points out was that it went over budget. Um, I looked it up, and the budget for the movie was uh, $6 million, but it went $4 million over, uh, uh, totaling to $10 million to make. Casing attributes this to the rising costs of faking the moon landing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a little further on into the theory, is that in 2015, there was a video circulating circulating around the internet that was allegedly made in 1999 ahead of Kubrick's death. 
The video was made by filmmaker T. Patrick Murray, who claims he was given unprecedented access to Kubrick. I searched for this video, but I didn't find anything, but I did find a transcript of the video. In this video, the person uh, claiming to be Stanley Kubrick says, quote, I perpetuated a huge fraud on the American public, which I am now about to detail, involving the United States government and NASA, and the moon landings, that the moon landings were faked, that the moon landings all were faked, and that I was the person who filmed it. That's very convenient that, of course, this video is seemingly not being able to be found and only the transcript yeah, is available. It, it, right. it, it's dead Bart's law. It's like, you know. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't <laughs> exist until it does. It, no, does ex- it, it does exist until it doesn't. The only thing that exists is the urban legend yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. perpetuating it. Nothing else. There's no video. Yeah. There's n- nothing else you could find. You, yeah. don't, you can't even prove anything corroborate any of it. Yeah. So Dead Bart and the uh, the Kubrick uh, conspiracy, both in the same weight class. Yep, of course. I wonder, though, is there a... There, I mean, the Simpsons have covered everything. Is there... Does the Simpsons time traveling law pr- apply to, uh, like, the uh, moon landing and, like, the moon landing being faked? I know the Simpsons came way after, but did they make, like, any episode about the about the moon landing being faked or uh, there's got to be something in there right Pro- they, they, well so there, there's somewhere. a good there's a good chance that they did but the simpsons wasn't around in 1976 no that's what i'm saying yeah but they could have so maybe like like uh you like, can't even if they did the the, the theory predates the show so yeah, yeah. um it's uh, but I, they're time I, traveling though so that's kind of like irrelevant like that's like it, the, the fact that one thing comes before the other is kind of irrelevant if they did do it in an episode i'm not going to give them the credit of predicting anything because okay all right fair yeah. enough now, was this video, was it taken down because it's really damning evidence that moon truthers have been looking for? <laughs> Did they finally have a confession <laughs> from the man who filmed the moon landing? Had Kubrick been killed by the United States government in an attempt to be silenced? <laughs> or was the whole thing a ruse? Well, it turns out that the interview was faked and that the person in the interview wasn't Kubrick, but a mediocre imposter. Oh. <laughs> so so this this deep fake video that nobody can actually find that was just turned into a transcript um they whoever it is is saying yeah the video wasn't even real so yeah like well the got T Patrick Murray has not come out and said it was a clear hoax um but when someone was like oh can I like where's the video can I uh like can I see it he was like oh I'll send you the link and it's pretty spooky. And he was like, oh, cool, thanks. And I don't know if the guy ever got the link. He should pivot, though. He should just be like, oh, yeah, like it was a Kubrick imposter, but we uh, performed a seance. And, uh, you know, there's Kubrick spirit. He man. said this shit through, the, through, through our minds. Um, it's like some hereditary shit. Now, since Casing's book, there have been countless documentaries and TV specials made about the faking of the moon landing. One such documentary is called a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, and it was made by theorist theorist Bart Sibrell, who was made famous for getting punched in the face by Buzz Aldrin. What? Yeah, he was. Uh, there, there, there's that famous video going around uh, that went around. It's been circulating for years um, of the guy walking around being like, "Oh, will you swear on the Bible that you went to the moon because you faked it, you fucking liar?" Yeah, he got and socked he got in the sock fucking face by, by, little, by Buzz. Yeah, Buzz dude, yeah, what does he have to prove? It's Buzz, like, dude, I walked on the goddamn moon, you simp. I was yeah. say, he's like, I've been to a place where there's no laws. I don't give a fuck. I don't give <laughs> Come a back to fuck me you, right now, man. Come back to me when you create a quote as cool as I did. Yeah, he's like, go to the moon, come back with that same goddamn energy. Now, in an unused segment for uh, Bart's documentary, uh, Bart is talking to, uh, uh, to Kaisling about what prompted him to write literally the book about moon landing conspiracies 
and the book that would go on to create a new generation of conspiracy theorists. Well, after I quit Rocketdyne, I became a freelance writer. I got a book contract. And needing a good place to live, my wife and I bought a 75-foot Coast Guard cutter, which had been converted to living aboard. Well, there were a lot of homeless people near where we stayed at the Oakland Marina. It gets so better. we invited them to come and stay on the boat. After all, it was 75 feet long, lots of room. Holy shit. So one of the men a was a Vietnam boat. veteran with a heroin habit. His name was John Grant. <laughs> Worth noting. And Lieutenant Dan? he said, Bill... The government really screwed me. They taught me how to kill. They sent me to Vietnam. I killed a lot of innocent people. He says, I'm very bitter at this corrupt government. He said, you're a writer. Why don't you write something outrageous like, say, we never went to the moon? And that's exactly where I got the idea from John Grant in 1974 at the Oakland Marina. Pro from Lieutenant Dan right in the H train in Oakland. Well, okay, Bill Casing, if that's where you got the idea, where are John Grant's royalties from the book? Because yeah, help him out, guy. Doubt, yeah, I doubt you helped him there. He's like, convenient, the guy overdosed five minutes after he told me this. <laughs> I, get, I get all my ideas from heroin junkies. It, and it was at five minutes after that that uh, Graham said to me, hey, Bill, oh, shit, oh, fuck, oh, God, oh, damn. I'm overdosing. Yeah, because that's what they I've said. I've shitted and farted and pissed in my pants. Yeah, it, It's not more of like a... Yeah. Get me to a hospital. Well, sorry, Mr. Grant. We're on the ocean. Thanks <laughs> for the idea, pal. I'm going to go find some berries and fall asleep. <laughs> this his, guy, this his guy was a savage, man. His last words were, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm so dying. cold. I'm dead. <laughs> Those were actually Anton Chekhov's last words. I'm dying? How yep. Do, how do we know that from his uh, uh, Just from some shit. It's from some shit. Some shit. Uh -huh. He he was very sick and he was eating uh, dinner and he went, "I'm dying." And then <laughs> he essentially just died. Oh oh, Anton, Anton Chekhov. Chekhov, not Anton Yelchin. Sorry, I got confused. No. Yeah, that that would have been really morbid. Yeah. Um, and that, my friends, this whole thing was started by some guy on no. H on Haran. And that, my friends, is the end of our story. Was it caused by some guy who want who got an idea from a Haran addict, or? Is it all true? Yeah, you know what they say, the best laid plans of mice and heroin addicts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, th that it, I would believe so much further than uh, the actual fact that we didn't go to the moon. But I, you know what? I, this is where the United States really just fucked themselves in so many years after where there's so many truths that came to life where it's like, yeah, okay, there is a more than likely chance uh, that uh, we are you know, lying at every turn. And we could have done this, but honestly, I'm cool with it then. Like, if you really did not want to risk the lives of these three people because you literally cooked three people on <laughs> yeah. the ground, yeah. we didn't even get them into the sky, it was a test. You killed people during a test. Uh, then by all means, by all fake means, it. fake it. Fake it till you make it I mean, because we don't got no more communism, right? Nah. There, there's, huh? some, there's some people who believe that while that the 1969 moon landing was fake, that there, the subsequent ones were real because it, they just needed time to catch up on the technology. Um, but another reason people think it's fake, and I, I, I didn't mention this earlier, is that there were 400,000 people working to get uh, a man on the moon. I, I the, the coordination and loyalty to the cause is not there. Yeah. Well, I don't know how accurate it is, but uh, there's this like common... like. Um 
not an algebra comparison, but they say that like the processing power of the computers on the Apollo Eleven is the same as like what like it or actually your um, Texas Instrument, like your calculator that you use for like trig in high school, has more processing yeah. power. Oh, pro- yeah. And now like our phones far surpass that. So I mean, yeah, like okay, first off, if you know the moon landing is real, which I, I think it is. Then first off, okay, wow, that's fucking insane. They did that with like you know basic rudimentary uh, computing. Um, if it wasn't, then cool, great. Um, you know, if it wasn't real, okay, cool. Then you know you were you know operating in like a safe manner, I guess. So you know, win win uh, for this conspiracy theory, no matter what. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I don't really have much else to say on the matter purely because it's ridiculous and um. We didn't touch on on this, and it was really uh, it was in this article I found. Um, uh, the head chief of uh, NASA's public affairs section at the time of uh, uh, the Apollo Eleven, he was part of this um, this tongue in cheek satirical group called um, uh, what was it called? It was um, uh, ah shit, I forget. Oh god, I have it written down. Hold on, I have this whole thing. I, I found this whole thing about it. It was it was really it's just this. A bunch of uh, guys who like to drink and make jokes about flying, uh, pretty much. Um, <laughs> that kind of sounds. It, it like was the, it um, was big wig uh, aviators and uh, aviation executives. Um, oh, fuck, what was it called? Hold on, I'm I'm pulling I'm pulling up what I uh, what I wrote down. Uh, so it was in it was in Chicago. So it was six months after uh, Apollo Eleven happened. Uh, this guy's name was uh, Julian uh, Steer. He was, like I said, he was the uh, head NASA chief of um, uh, public affairs. So he controlled all the, the the memos and stuff that went out. So he was giving a presentation at this uh, at the tenth annual meeting of the Man Will Never Fly Society, and it was really <laughs> the society was a satirical group, Jesus. and it was a satirical oh, group. Geez. It was filled with no, but it was filled with um, uh, experts and and people who made careers in aviation. Yeah, um, but just having a goof, really. But they were they were accurately characterized uh, as uh, let's see. Uh, being hard-drinking pilots and airline executives who liked booze served with irony and vice versa. And they lived by a, um, a certain principle. The principle was that they were dedicated to the principle that two rights made a wrong at Kitty Hawk. So everything about them was very, they were, it was, it was total jokes. They, they just drank and they were like, yeah, this shit's crazy. Uh, you know, their motto was birds fly, men drink. Those are the Dude, uh, last motto to live by. Those are the last people that I want to be driving uh, or flying any sort of aircraft. Yeah, and so this guy Julian Steen gave a, a presentation that pretty much was just like, "Look at these photos. Look at this video. It was from the moon, right?" J.K. They were in Michigan. That was a rock quarry in Michigan. You know how crazy is it? We could easily fake this stuff. We could have faked it six months ago. You know what I mean? LOL. It's so crazy. And then a a, a couple. It would it would be in like what seventy six when uh. uh uh, uh, what's his name? Book uh, came out. Billy Boy's book came yeah. out. Uh, yeah, he, he wasn't even. This guy wasn't even working at NASA anymore, and it was just like the shitstorm that they had to put out after that. So. They're like, "Fuck." Yeah, big cover-ups. Yep, big cover-ups. Well, that just about wraps it up for today, boys. Yeah. Any any parting words of wisdom? Yeah, I guess. I mean, just trust the nerds a little bit more. You, you just trust the nerds, even though even though it's easy. It might seem like it's easy for them to pull the wool over their eyes. They are just not that nefarious in nature. They're no. they're not trying to screw you. They're just trying to really show you how smart they are. Indeed. Matt, how about you? 
until we uh, drill into the core of the moon and confirm it's not cheese, I still am holding <laughs> out hope. So um, for all my uh, cheese, moon cheese truthers out there, um, you know, yeah, where's uh, that society? You know, per- persevere, persevere. Uh, you know, uh, our truth will come. The Moon Cheese Society. The Moon Cheeses. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on this week's episode of The Rabbit Hole. Um, tune in next week. Follow us on social media at Rabbit Podcast on Twitter, um, at The Rabbit Hole Podcast on Instagram. Make sure you like and subscribe to all our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. Thank you, everybody. Stay woke. Bye bye. In the year of 1912. The kidnappings, the gun wars, child, that was a mystery, sad to tell. Was down on Lake Glazer on a warm, sunny day. Everyone was enjoying happiness at a picnic day that day. You know, the two children, they wondered all, Bobby and his